This is Tim Bryan, pastor of Lifeway Apostolic Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. My prayer is that this message will inspire, build your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. Enjoy this message. Romans chapter number 12. Um, Amen. All right, we're going to look at, um, we're going to talk about faith tonight. And um, so I'm excited about this, uh, about this study. And um, after doing a little bit of um, uh, study with some, uh, and I, I've learned some things perhaps and through, through my study with this subject. So uh, Romans chapter number 12, uh, verse number 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourselves, uh, present your, uh, your bodies um, as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye what? Transformed by the renewing of what? Mind that you may prove what is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, um, but to think soberly according to as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Everybody say measure. Um, each one of us has a measure of faith um, that God has given to us. Now, many schools of thought are to be said that God gave us all the same measure of faith, but it doesn't really say specifically what that measure is. However, I begin to, if you read on just a little bit, you'll understand what that measure of faith speaks to. Uh, A lot of times we can take a scripture and we'll read that one scripture, but if we don't read on, we may not grasp the full context of that said scripture. So then verse number four, everybody say number four, comes after verse number three, and they connect. Okay? I know it's astounding. I just blew my mother-in-law's mind. She is like blown away by my ability to know fours after three. Okay. And for as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. So we, being many, are one body in Christ. Everybody say amen. And every one members uh, of one of another. Verse number six, having then gifts different, differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of what? Given to the proportion of faith. Now, if we look at, we're going to talk about faith tonight, but we're going to, we need to discuss what these scriptures mean, but also talk about grace just for a moment. What is the definition of grace? Class participation here tonight. What's the definition of grace? Simply put, grace is God's gift to you to complete his will. It's God's gift to you to in order to accomplish his will. In order for us to come to him, he extends grace to us, extends mercy to us. 
to be able to complete that journey. When I, when I feel like I cannot do the will of God, God extends grace to me to allow me to accomplish His will in my life. Okay? Um, that's, that's, a, that's how I view and the, 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 what's the definition of, of, of grace? So it's, it's, the, it's the gift of God to us to accomplish his will. So well, let's, let's look. Um, so the verses 1 and 2 deal with uh, our bodies of a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable service. Don't be conformed to this world, but ye transformed by the renewing of our mind, ex- that we can be good, acceptable, perfect will of God, and we get all excited about that. I've heard preachers preach, and I've preached on the first few verses, and we have a heyday, and everything's fine, but we got to connect more scriptures to that. And I, I think it's very important that, that we, we combine the context of why did he start off um, with the verses 1 and 2. Um, this is basically how we should conduct ourselves as members of the body of Christ. Okay? We are to present ourselves one to another as holy and accept, acceptable. That's your reasonable service, right? Uh, to, uh, to, if we're going to be a part of the body of Christ and and tell everybody that we are a part of the body of Christ and we're going to be uh, chosen and set apart by God, there needs to be a transforming of our mind. There needs to be a renewing of our mind so we can prove that which is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. But then it goes into the verse number 3 again. Let's review. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, you know what keeps me from thinking myself not highly than everybody else? It's because it ain't me, it's God. Somebody say amen. It ain't me. It ain't you. It's God's grace that allows. So I, I can't claim something that's better than me or greater than me. I, I, I can't claim God's, God's power. I, I, I can't have that, uh, that mindset. I can't think of myself highly. Then he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Everybody say measure. Measure of faith. Now, when you think about a measure of faith, we're going to get into 2 Corinthians in just a moment, and there's two definitions of the word measure. And it says the same word, but there's two definitions of, of measure. Let's look at this uh, particular scripture, though. Let me go to... Here, whoops, go to my notes here, 12, all right, verse number 3, oh, come on now, iPad is too sensitive, here we go, Um, in this this, uh, verse here, it says measure of faith, now, this word measure means, if I can just get all, um, the, the Greek word is metron, Okay, um, M-E-T-R-O-N. This means that it is a limited degree of measurement. When you measure something, it stops at one point, right? If I measure this room from wall to wall, that measurement is that measure from wall to wall, but that means that measure does not go further than that wall. So it's a limited measure. Everybody say limited Limited measures, but to think soberly according to God has dealt to every man 
a limited or a measured amount of faith. Okay? Very important to understand because we're going to get you to another definition here in just a few moments. But let's read on just a little bit further. For as many members are in the body, then in verse number 6, having then gifts differing according to the grace. That, that grace is what again? A gift that is to complete his will. Um, you know, some people will say, I, I, I can't be a part of that. I, I, there's no way I, I don't have those gifts. I, I can't do what God has called me to do. No, you can't do what God has, but God has given you grace to complete his will. So having then gifts differently according to the grace that is given to us, so God extends grace to us to allow us to work in the gifts of his spirit. Let us prophesy or according to the proportion of that faith or that measure of faith. So we are going to be working within the measure of faith that God has given to us and we work in that by the measure or the gift of grace that he has given to us. Does that all make sense? Maybe. Hopefully. We're getting there. So the rest of the chapter, it starts to talk about or ministry. Let us wait on our ministering as he that teaches or teaching, exhorting, exhortation. Um, uh, let's see here. Affection to one another, not slothful in business, fervent in the spirit patient and tribulation to continue an instant in prayer there's all these different things that the bible uh, the scriptures talk about um but it talks about how they are in it dealt with in a measure with grace and faith um each one of us have that have that measure of faith that faith that um that is limited if you will within ourselves so let's go to second second corinthians because this is pretty interesting 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. And um, 2 Corinthians 10. Now, somebody put your finger. Actually, Raphael, you, you'd be the best at this. Go, if you can go back to uh, Rome. You still have Romans up here. Romans 12. Go to verses 1 and 2 again. Now, this scripture, if we remind you of this, is to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, Right? Think about those scriptures. Be not conformed to this world, but you transferred by the renewing of your mind that you may prove some things, right? Talking about the mind, presenting ourselves. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 10 now. And verse number, let's start, uh, let's go down to, um, let's start at verse number 1, and then we'll, we'll go quick. It says, Now I, Paul, myself beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in uh, presence and base among you, but being absent and bold towards you. But I beseech you, beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with that confidence wherewith I think to be bold against some which think of, of us as if we walked according to the flesh. Through, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, the mighty through God, the pulling down of strongholds. Verse number five, very popular verse of scripture, casting down... Imaginations. What is Paul dealing with here? Renewing of the mind, dealing with the things of the mind and the spirit, and if, and and every high thing that exalted itself against the what? Paul was talking about in Romans that 
we don't want, we can't think of ourselves highly than we should, and we are, right? So Paul is dealing with here uh, in, in, this, in this scripture uh, itself in the knowledge of God, bring it into captivity, every thought into the obedience of don't think highly of yourselves. We think of, we want to be sober in our thoughts, sober, the Bible says, and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Let's jump down just a little bit for the sake of time. Um, verse number 12, we dare not make ourselves of, of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring, here we go, measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. You know why? The word measuring, we measure ourselves, when we measure ourselves again, that's a limited measure. That's a, it's a, a limited measure. When you look at somebody, you measure them, measure, and you measure yourself. That's a limited measure. Okay? Uh, verse number 13. But we uh, will not boast of things without our measure, but according to the measure of the rule which God hath distributed to us, a measure to reach even unto you. Now that sounds like a tongue twister a little bit. So let's try to break this down just for a moment. Now it says, but we will not boast of things without our measure. Now that word measure there, let's look at this again. That word measure in 2 Corinthians uh, on 13. Uh, what do you think that measure means there? You should look at that scripture and try to Think of that, what that word measure. We talked about limited measure a moment ago. But we will not boast of things without unlimited measure is what that means. It's unlimited. It's without measure. But according to the measure of the rule and order or the, the limited and the boundaries which God hath distributed to us. He says, I'm going to give you a measure that's going to be limited and have boundaries, but my measure is without boundaries. I hope you understand what this scripture is saying here. It says, but we will not boast of things that is unmeasurable, but according to the limited measure of the boundaries which God had distributed to us, an unlimited measure to reach even unto you. So the measure here, this third measure, is goes back to, excuse me, the third measure is that limited measure, a measure to reach even unto you. It's that limited measure. So the first one is unmeasurable, talking about measure, and then the second one is limited, and the third one is limited. Now, what does all this really mean? It's like, you know, why does God give us a limited, perhaps, measure in our own understanding. Uh, if God would to uh, pour out an unmeasurable and put no limits onto us specifically as a people, then we could be almost like God because we would have no limits. There would be no limits in our, our, our understanding, perhaps, or even our, our faith, but only God has unlimited measure. 
And he gives unto us a, a portion or a, a rule of measure. Verse number 14, for we stretch not ourselves beyond our measure as though we reached not unto you. For we are come as far as to you also in the gospel of Christ or preaching the gospel of Christ. So verse number 14, it uses that word our measure. However, that word our measure was not actually in the original manuscript of, of Scripture. So if you noticed in many of your Bibles that our measure in verse number 14 is in italicized or maybe in a different, different uh, typing. So it, it's dealing with, it just, it was just added at it for the understanding that it's referring back to verse number 13. For we stretch not ourselves beyond our measure. I can't stretch myself beyond what I already have. Can I get an amen? You ever, um, I remember when I was a kid, my brother and I would mark the, the door of who's tallest, you know. And sometimes I'd suck my gut in to try to get a little more height. It really doesn't work. Just to let you know, um, really doesn't work that way. And um, I would try to, uh, I don't think there was an old Leave it to Beaver show where the kid's hanging on the monkey, monkey bars trying to get taller because he's just trying to stretch himself out. You can't really stretch yourself any taller than what God has given you, that, 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 that height or uh, your stature or whatever the case would be. You have a measure which God has given you the ability to grow in your body. Therefore, also, what we're talking about here is God has given each of us a measure, if you will, and we cannot stretch, for we stretch not ourselves beyond that measure. As though we reach not unto you, for we are come as far as to you also in the gospel of Christ. Now, okay, that's a lot of talking about measure and ruling and rulers and boundaries and different things. How does this apply to me, how does this apply? So, when we look in Hebrews, let's turn to Hebrews chapter number eleven. We're going to look at a man by the name of Abraham. Now, many, if you were taught in Sunday school, uh, we would call him the father of the faithful. Um, father of the faithful. Um, verse number one in Hebrews eleven. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, and the evidence of things not. Seed. Verse number six says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Many people, this is a sidebar, little nugget here, many people um, are, are uh, believe that he is a rewarder, but they don't want to diligently seek him. People want to believe that God will um, answer their prayer while they're living in sin. And the Bible teaches us that the Lord really turns his ear away from those that are in iniquity. But the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Um, they believe that he is and the rewards of those that seek him. Now we go through the scripture, verse number 8. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should, after receiving an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whether he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, 
the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And then it goes on. Um, I don't want to read all this here. Uh, let's get down to verse number, um, let's go to verse number 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that hath received the promises, um, offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. Now, this is really interesting to me, and I, I've read this, and it really kind of put the pieces together for me tonight um, in remembrance of this scripture. And I have heard taught that Abraham, um, and maybe it's just people using their own um, measure of faith um, against this story, that Abraham was somehow worried about the outcome that, that of, of Isaac, sacrificing Isaac. But I, I know Abraham prayed, but according to the scripture, he was willing to go all the way because he knew God would, uh, could raise him up, could raise Isaac up. Let's go to Genesis 22. And um, so let, let's look at this story. Um, because in Genesis 22, it's, this is the place where um, he begins to offer Isaac as, as, a, as a sacrifice. Um, verse number 2, Genesis 22. Uh, Take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou lovest. <laughs> it, it's interesting. Take thy, take thy son, thy only son, whom you love, and then you're going to take him somewhere and, and, and take, hold him up as a burnt offering. And get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell of thee. You know, what thoughts really went through Abraham's mind when he got this? Uh, God had promised him a son, we find in Scripture, right? God had promised him a son. The promise had taken many years to be fulfilled. Um, and now God commanded him to sacrifice that son. But Abraham was a man of great faith, right? He was a man of great faith in God. So uh, he, he knew that Isaac was promised of God. And he knew God never lies and God has never left him, left him without. God's promises were always true. And if God said to do something, he just simply was going to, because God had never failed him up to this point. God never God never, ever fails. So Abraham was that, had that great faith in God, and he knew Isaac was that promise that God had given him. He believed that through Isaac, God would raise up countless offspring as he had promised. He, God says, I'm going to bring, you'll be a father of many nations. Many people are going to come up with Isaac. So when God says, I want you to sacrifice your son, Abraham said, well, God doesn't contradict himself. So I'm going to go along with what God is telling me. Because his promises had never, never ceased. There's never, never lied or uh, gone against his word. So he knew that even if he offered Isaac to God, God was even able to raise him up from the dead, according to Hebrews. So he, and God would go to great lengths to raise Isaac from the dead, 
even though it would be painful to kill your son, he knew that God would even raise him up if he so chose to, because just to keep his own word. So, yeah, Abraham, I think, had some, um, I don't know if I could really go through this, but yet he knew without a shadow of a doubt that no matter what the outcome was, God's promises were always going to stand. Always going to stand. So sometimes it doesn't seem like, uh, it's like, God, you're, what, what do you mean you want me to do this? You told me this. What God wants to do is prove a new outcome for you, a new, a new level or measure of more faith, perhaps. Just see how wonderful he is. So Abraham, verse number three, rose up early in the morning, took his two young men with him, Isaac, his son, the clave, the wood for the burnt offering, rose up and went to the place which God had told him. It's amazing. He did everything God told him to do. And Abraham's faith is clear in the statement that he made in verse number five. I and thy lad will go yonder and worship, and we're going to come again. If anybody thought that his faith was unwavering, you read that scripture right there. I know God told me I'm going to sacrifice my son, but my God also told me that there's going to be a great seed coming out of him. So I know God's not going to contradict himself. So I'm going to say this. We're going to come right back. He knew that God was going to make a way. He didn't know how he was going to do it, but he knew God was going to make a way. Ladies and gentlemen, you may not know how God's going to do it, but he's going to make a way. You say, Pastor, I don't know how about I'm going to get this next job. I don't know where the next paycheck coming. It's let God be God, and you just have faith. Just, just let God be God and let him, uh, and, 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 and you do your part and have live with that measure of faith and belief that God has given to you. And, and no doubt Abraham needed some grace and some faith during this, right? That, that, that gift of grace that, Lord, you're asking me to sacrifice my son? God said, here's some grace. I'm a, this, this is the, my will for it to be done. I want you to do this. So I'm going to give you a measure and, 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 and a gift of grace, and I want you to have faith in me that this will come in the end that I had promised. We find that Abraham continued on in faith as Abraham and Isaac traveled toward their destination. Isaac noticed they had everything but the sacrifice. He's a smart little dude. Um, uh, he's probably, in fact, he saw his dad offer sacrifices before, so he know if you're going to do a sacrifice and there's no sacrifice, um, that's a problem. That you can't have us do a sacrifice without a sacrifice. So he said, behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham responded with a statement that had great significance. He said, my son, God, here's another statement of faith, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering at nowhere in here that we find abraham doubting anything that god had said how many times do we go from service to service we doubt what god said here but then because we're worried about what's going on in front of us we gotta get we have we have to have the understanding that that god has given us a measure of faith that when whatever he brings into our life that measure of faith there is just enough to allow your faith to rise above the situation that you're in faced in front of god has given you that faith 
And uh, uh, let, me, let, me just, let me just back up here. Um, I think it's in, uh, we want the Corinthians or uh, Romans. Um, no, it was in, in Hebrews. Let me, let me turn to Hebrews real quick, and you, you can go there too. I mean, you're not up walking around chasing dogs and cats or anything like that. Um, Hebrews, let's go to Hebrews, back to Hebrews again. And uh, let's look at what, what, what this says here real quick. Um, verse number 70, by faith Abraham, when he was, what does that say? When he was tried, say, Bible says in James, God doesn't tempt anybody. And God doesn't, God doesn't try, but what he will try you see, let me just say this. God will never, if I can put this right, God will never tempt you with evil. He will never tempt you with sin. He never, will never try you with sin. Because he can't try something that is not in his nature. You hear what I'm saying? So some people say, well, well Abraham was, was tempted to, to kill his son. No, 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 no. What God was doing, he was trying his faith. Now, God can, can try what he has wants to produce more out of you and to grow in you. You say, well, pastor, the, the devil's just giving me a hard time. He may be giving you a hard time. I don't know. Um, but I know you can't get, tell God. You can't say God is, is, is trying to tempt me into sin and God, you can't do that. God, God doesn't tempt man with sin. What he will do, he will test your faith. He will test the, the measure. He will test the things that he has given to you. There's a, um, we, we teach it a lot and we, we say a lot that we, want, we, want, we are to grow in God, right? We want to grow in the, in the Lord and grow in power and grow in might and grow in, grow in our faith and grow in our, our knowledge of the Word of God. God will not tempt us to fall away from Him, but He will try our faith. He'll try it. So when, by faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. That he had received the promises, offered up his only begotten son. So let me just... just, just to, just to say that this is not a, a, a trial of, of Abraham's wanting to, God wanting Abraham to sin against him, no, or go against his word. It was, a, it, was a, uh, it was just proved to him how powerful God is and to test Abraham's faith and understanding of God's word. So let's continue on. Um, they had prepared the altar, bound his son and placed him on the altar. Then Abraham stretched forth. At no point does it say he paused, went over for a prayer meeting, and asked God, Do you sure you don't want to, you want to change your mind? There's no negotiation here. Abraham stretched forth his hand with a knife to slay his son. At that moment, the angel of the Lord called Abraham, Abraham. And a big sigh of relief maybe came on him. I don't know. And he said, Here am I. Lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thy anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. How could Abraham hold that knife over his son? 
It's because he had an unwavering faith in God that even if that knife went into his son, God was going to raise him up. God was going to raise him up. So Abraham's faith had been tested by what was very dear to him. Now think about that for a moment. God uses the things that are close to us to test us in our faith. Um, some of us, just like Abraham, it's our family. <laughs> God's using to test our faith. He come to this trial of his faith victoriously. He come through this trial of his faith uh, on top, if you will. Is that after Abraham heard the voice of the angel, he turned and saw a ram caught in its thorns in the thicket nearby. Now, I, I, I'm just bold enough in, in, in belief that God had that ram in that, on that mountain for a long time. And the Lord, had, had, Lord knew Abraham was going to come up on that mountain, and he knew that and that ram was going to be there. Now, you, you may think that, that God said, poof, there was a ram. And a ram showed up. But I, I venture to say that God created everything. And through, the, through, through, uh, through time, he put rams on that mountain for a reason. And he put rams, he created rams, and put them on that mountain years before Abraham would ever got there because God knew there's going to be a man named Abraham that I'm going to call to sacrifice his son, and I'm going to provide a ram in that thicket. In fact, I would venture to say the Lord made the thicket to make sure the ram got caught in the thicket to be provided for. We could just keep on going with that, can't we? God provided everything. Sometimes we don't think thicket and a mountain is provision, but it is. Think about that for a moment. Sometimes we look at the mountains in our life and we think of the, the, the family in our life and we think of the, of, 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 of the struggles of our life as the very things that we want out of our life, but really those things are going to withhold the key to the testing and the increase of our faith. Those are the things. So God provided a sacrifice. Um, let's conclude with this. So God provided a sacrifice. Abraham's statement was prophetic in that many years later, Jesus Christ, who was God manifested in the flesh, came as a what? As a lamb. To take away the sins of the world, found in John 1. It, somebody would say, like, out of nowhere, Jesus came. And was provided as a sacrifice for our sin. Said, God always knows what we need. And here's what I do know. Is that there is a sin problem in the world, and the only answer is Jesus Christ. And the only way that I can come to him, and I thank God for mercy, and I thank God for his grace, and I thank God that I know who he is, and I thank God that, that he is that lamb. Some people say, how did I not know about Jesus? Like he was that ram that was stuck in the thicket and that he just announced himself on the scene in their life. I had a uh, um, conversation Sunday night I shared with my wife and my mother-in-law have a step-nephew, I guess it would be called. He's my step-nephew, I guess that's what it is. And, um, and uh, I was trying to figure out the relation of Silas. And that's a step-nephew is what it is. He calls me uncle. It's like, hey, he's my nephew. Okay. 
and um, uh, in our family by by marriage. And he called me Sunday night. He said, he said, Tim. He said, um, I don't remember the last time he called me. I guess it was about a year ago. Huh? Yeah, Vicky's wedding. It's been a while ago. And um, he called me and he said, I got a question for you. I'm like, okay, it's 10 o'clock at night on Sunday. I'm like, what, what's going on? And um, he's in El Paso, Texas. And he said, God woke me up in the middle of the night. And I, I, I feel like I need to get my, right, my life right with the Lord. And um, he, said, he said, I woke up in a dream. He said, I was in front of a congregation of people talking about Jesus. And he said, I don't know, I haven't been to church in years. He said, I don't know, I, I don't know where this has come from. He said, but I know that I, I need to make some changes and I need, to, I need to do something different. And I said, okay. I said, uh, well, let's, let's get started. And I said, first off, well, he's, he, first off he told me, he said, uh, I want to be a preacher. I'm like, okay. Well, a pre, being, being a preacher is not like going to McDonald's and saying, I want a number three. Yes, I want to be a preacher. That's what I want to be. And um, so we talked about that for a while. And, and he said, uh, so what do I need to do? And I said, well, the first word is submission to God. So we started talking about that. And I sent him Bible studies and found a church in El Paso, Texas, where he's at. And called the pastor down there and, and made, that, made that contact and and uh, sent him Bible studies. We're hoping to hoping to follow up with him this week and, and, and review those Bible studies. And but we talked about sin. We talked about living a lifestyle unto the Lord and being a, a submitted person unto God because he submitted himself to all these other things in his life. But he 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 understood. I said I said you there's it's all about submission. You got to listen to the voice of God and knowing and have faith in God that He will take you where you need to go through His Word. So I try to instill faith in him and understanding of, of submitting to God and not the things of this world. And, and it's almost like it was the ram that was in the bush that woke him up in the middle of the night and says, here's the sacrifice to take away the sins of your life. Here's the answer to your, to your problems. And he asked me, he said, well, what religion do I need to be? And I was like, well, forget the religions. Let's just get to what the word of God says. What does it mean to be Pentecostal versus another religion? And I said, well, I said, I can talk about basic doctrines, the, difference, the differences of basic doctrines. And I, he said, well, he said, my, 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 my grandpa was Baptist. And he said, I don't know if I should be Baptist. And I said, well, let's not talk about religions. He said, but my wife said she grew up apostolic Pentecostal. And she said she won't go to any other place except a Pentecostal church. And I said, well, that's your real answer right there. You need to do what your wife says to do. And I found out more about her. And, but God is like that. He just shows up on the scene to get our attention and makes a way in people's lives. I'm believing that God's going to touch Silas this week. Pray that they go to church Sunday. God touches their life. And they find their way back to, to Jesus. The storms of life and things that we go through, faith is the balance that gives us that gives calmness and victory. That's the, that's the thing. Um, Abraham had calmness in his life until God said, go sacrifice your son. But it was faith that led him all the way to victory through that situation. Faith. And he found, we find it in Hebrews 11. He was in the hall of faith. That's what we call it, Hebrews chapter number 11. 
He's a man that we revere and we say today that he was the father of the faithful. You know, we need to have faith in God. How many times do we pray and ask God to bail us out of situations? Beg God to pull the string. Say, let me out of here. I'm done. I'm out of here. I don't want to do this anymore. And the Lord says, all right, where's your faith now? What? You were, you were shouting on Sunday how great, how great I am, and then when I give you, uh, when, when I want to test your faith through life, then, then you're ready to throw in a towel. We have to have a life that's rooted in faith and that we can show forth our faith in God. Everybody say amen. Let's stand together. Thirteen more minutes till till eight. I'm gonna let you redeem your time. I'm thankful that um, God tests our faith. I don't know how many times I've prayed. I don't know how this is gonna end, but it doesn't look pretty. And then at the at you know six months down the road, it's like, what was I worried about to begin with? Has there ever been there? You know, we got to put the attitude and the spirit of Abraham on our life and um, believe that God, I was praying with somebody, I don't know, God told me to pray with somebody Sunday and went and prayed and I said, uh, I walked up to him and I said, uh, I said, I'll come to pray for you and this person began to tell me about all the pains in the body. I said, I didn't come to pray for your pain. They kind of looked at me kind of strange. I said, I said, people, people around you are going to pray for your body. I'm here to pray for your soul. And then this person began to talk about the pain in their body again. The pain. I said, no. I said, I love you. We can, I said, we need to allow God to heal our soul. And then as sometimes as a byproduct, God will just heal everything that's in our body too. And, I, and at four times this person brought up the pain in their body. And I, four times I said, I'm not here to pray for that. God told me to pray for your spirit and your soul. I believe that God gives us that measure of faith to speak into people's life. Speak a word of faith into somebody's life to show them how great God is and can be in their, their life. We don't need to tear each other down. We need to lift each other up with faith, knowing that God, can, if, God if somebody comes to you and says, I have a struggle, and I have, you can say, man, ain't God good? He's about to show himself mighty in our life. What an opportunity. Let's pray together and ask God to help us in our faith here tonight. And let's pray in faith and with faith right now in the name of Jesus. Jesus, Lord, we love you. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. If you would like to know more information about our church, please check us out on Facebook at Lifeway Apostolic Church. May God richly bless you.